Hello, St. Louis. This is your host, Brian Bisking, and this is the STL Leaders Podcast. Did you know that there are 2.8 million people that live in St. Louis metro area? There are many business leaders inside of that population. I started this podcast to give those leaders a voice. I was raised by one of those leaders. My father is a small business owner in Edwardsville, Illinois, and I grew up watching him run his business and meeting many small business owners just like him. I knew as a kid that the impact that these leaders have on our community is instrumental. I have developed a great passion for learning from these leaders. The ST Leaders podcast mission is to speak to these leaders and gain some insight into their vision for success and how they view leadership. Each episode is in view into their mindset, theory, and strategy of successful leadership. This podcast is brought to you by Cornerstone Employer Solutions, NWOIT Services, and Inbound Blend Digital Marketing. Hello, St. Louis. This is your host of STL Leaders, Brian Bisking. Today, I have Brett Gilliland on the line. Brett is currently the CEO of Visionary Wealth Advisors and the host of Circuit of Success podcast. Brett, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be here with you, Brian. Thank you. Absolutely, Brett. I, you know, I was just telling you a little bit ago that uh, I started following your podcast, but as I didn't realize it had been three years ago, three and a half years ago now, but You've had some great guests on your show. I've uh, I've really enjoyed it, and so when I um, was inspired by you and another uh, individual here in St. Louis named Lisa Nichols to start my own podcast, I knew I wanted to have both of you on. So I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Oh, absolutely! Happy to be here, man. Happy to help any way I can. Well, I appreciate- you're doing a great job as well about leadership. So uh, keep up the good work. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I um I, for our listeners, I've I've known you quite a while. I. It was originally introduced to you through a, a longtime friend, Sonia Froling, now Sonia Her, when she started working for, right. for you back in the day. And uh, it's, been, it's been very inspiring and really neat to see you take your career in the direction you've taken your career. And so I'm excited to learn from you today about your leadership and your vision for it. Well, thank you very much. So why don't you tell our, our listeners uh, a little bit about you know your background, how you got to where you are today, and kind of the journey that you've taken from you know your days in the financial advising uh, world. Yeah, so I was um, you know raised in Mattoon, Illinois, uh, born in, in Northern Illinois, but raised in Mattoon, Illinois, and um, you know only child came from uh, this smaller town in the central part of Illinois, and went to Eastern Illinois University. And after that, my uh, fiance at the time and now wife and, and mother of our uh, four uh, amazing boys, uh, we moved to St. Louis, lived in the Central West End for a couple of years. And then uh, but when I right out of college, I knew I wanted to be in the financial industry. So my dad's a banker or was a banker. He's retired. My grandpa was a banker. My uncle's a banker. I saw that banking world. I did a little banking in college. And I thought, you know what? I want to be in the financial world. Uh, I had a cousin. Uh, though that was in the investment world. And back then, you know, when we were in college, they called it a stockbroker. That was kind of the cool slang for it back then. And and so I wanted to do that, you know, and um, came out of college and started working for a firm at, you know, 20, I guess, 22, 23 years old and uh, built a, you know, fairly successful financial planning practice uh, early on at a young age, um, wanted to get into leadership at a, at a young age. And so asked the managing director at that time what I needed to do he kind of threw out this answer and said, here, go do that. And I went and did it. And then they're like, oh, wait, okay, now, yeah, you're in leaders. So I became what's called a mentor. And then a, uh, I ran a college internship program and then a managing director. And then it, it led me to wanting to really be an entrepreneur and, and build my own firm and do the things that we wanted to do that we knew we could help serve clients. 
And that's where Visionary Wealth Advisors was birthed. So I uh, started that in March of 2014. And uh, it's been amazing six and a half years with so many tremendous people around us and, and great teammates and uh, and stuff like that. So that's the, the 100,000 foot view of, of what I've done. I've only been a, in financial planning world since college. I love it. We get to sit down and help people achieve their goals and their dreams and aspirations and and have a lot of fun along the way doing that. So happy to dive into any of that stuff that you want to, Brian. Absolutely. Well, well, tell me a little bit about your leadership style. I think, you know, when I talk to leaders across, well, this platform and others, uh, each leader I feels like has a different you, uh, different vision of what the, their leadership style is and what makes a leader successful. What is your style when it comes to leadership? Yeah, I mean, I think if you, you know, you look back and you, you talked about Sonia earlier and, you know, I hired her right out of college and she's done amazing things in her career to uh, a Robin or a Kate, people that have worked with me for a long time. Um, I think that they would say, hopefully they would say that that I, I empower them to help them grow in their careers. So I'm a, a I am not a micromanager. I, I, I don't micromanage anybody. I don't enjoy being micromanaged. Therefore, I don't believe other people enjoy being micromanaged. And I, I learned a long time ago that hire great people, you know, show them a vision and then get the heck out of the way. Right. And so that's been my philosophy. Hire great people, show them a vision, get the heck out of the way. And so um, let's do that. And then if, if somebody comes to me, of course, I'm there. I'm going to help them. I'm going to I'm going to be there for them. But it's also to push back a little bit on them and say, look, you know, I can help you and I can do this for you but I'm going to empower you to go out and figure it out on your own. And it's amazing when you do that, that people will not only go figure that thing that they wanted help with out, they may figure out two or three other things. And then you continually empower them to not be so focused on needing, you know, Brett's help or Brian's help or whatever it may be is they've got the equipment in their own minds, their own hearts to go out and make the decision on their own. Yeah. And it's amazing what they can do. And then they build that confidence in themselves and they grow themselves up as a leader uh, to go out and make decisions and, and lead other people as well. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, your first point there was make sure you hire the right people, um, that they have that vision to want to do that themselves and they have the mentality to want to do that themselves. I think that's obviously very important. Uh, That's right. When, whenever you're, you're starting the process. And so um, I also am a firm believer in not micromanaging and empowering uh, the people around you. You know, somebody once said that hire people that are smarter than you uh, and then surround right. yourself with people that are smarter than you to help lead in the vision and that, that you have and the, and the view that you have. So I think that's a very important aspect of leadership. Yeah. 100%. 100% agree. Thankfully for me, it's not that hard to find people smarter than me, right? <laughs> well, that's too funny. But I, I would I would disagree. I think you're a pretty smart individual yourself. I, uh, I've i always always cherished uh, cherished that. Tell me about how you motivate your team. How do you motivate the team that you – you obviously it starts with hiring the right people and, and then sharing your vision uh, for what your organization looks like. But then how do you how do you motivate them around you to continue to excel in their position? Um, yeah, I, I would say it's, it may be different than some people It's for me, it's, it's asking great questions. And I think the better question I can ask, the better answer I can get, right. It seems very self-explanatory and very simple. And, and it, it is kind of a, a, an easy way to do it, but my, constantly in my mind, I, I'm thinking about ADT. So A is an Apple, D as in David, T as in Tom, ADT, and that's ask, don't tell. 
And so if somebody comes to me and I can motivate you per se, you know, there's motivational speakers, you can go to YouTube and watch, you know, for the next month, you can watch, you know, 24 hours a day of motivational speakers. And while that I think is certainly important and I, I value that stuff, I, I like that stuff. Um, but motivation, what I always talk about, motivation comes and it goes, right? And yeah. so um, if I have to constantly motivate you, if I have to constantly inspire you, I think that you're going to be burning at both ends of the of the candle or both ends of the stick, if you will, and that eventually uh, doesn't end well. And so I want to spend a lot of time by asking questions. So I would want to know, you know, Brian, in your personal life, you know, you and your wife, what's important to you, you know, with maybe future kids, with, uh, you know, what, what your future home looks like, what your travel uh, goals look like, you know, all these things, right? I want to know the ins and outs of everything and hence the name of a firm, Visionary. Um, I mean, that's what we want. We want to know the vision. And, and what I have found in my own life to keep me inspired and keep me going is, and you've probably heard this saying said 10 different ways, but when you know your why, anyhow is possible. And so when people know their why, they know exactly why they're doing. And I believe you need to have about 15 things behind each goal. So if you have a goal to, to do X, well, there needs to be 15 things behind that that really motivates you every single day. So when that alarm clock goes off, you can hit the ground running and be fired up and not, you know, not have to, I mean, I'm not a coffee guy, but you know, a lot of people have to have their coffee and that's fine, but let's also wake up inspired to go accomplish the things that you want to go accomplish because you're so inspired by your own vision and your own future and all those people that you can help serve in the community you can serve. And I have found that's the best way to motivate and inspire, you know, employees and advisors and, you know, other people in the community is just by asking them great questions. So, Hopefully I didn't ramble too much, but that's really what how I would say that. No, I, I think that's awesome. I think I think you make a very uh, good point there in regards to you can you can motivate your team however you want, but if they don't have the burning desire inside of themselves and know what their why is, then you can only do so much, right? You can only do so much Absolutely. as a leader. Um, you know, I, I I told the story multiple times. There's there was a long I've been in sales my entire career and, and for a long time I didn't know my why. I thought my why was to make more money. Uh and yeah. I eventually realized that money doesn't buy you happiness. You have to know why you're getting up every day to go into work and try to sell whatever product or solution you're trying to sell. You need to know what that why is before you can really determine the, the motivation that you have as, as a, as a entrepreneur or sole proprietor or whatever that case is. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. agree on that. So tell me this, where did you learn to be, be a leader at it? You know, you mentioned that you kind of found yourself into being a mentor early in your career, but did you have a, a mentor along the way that kind of guided you into it or did you read leadership books or how did you become the successful leader that you are today? Yeah, I would, I would say yes. I mean, I think, you know, early on, um, you know, I go back to, so I, my, my dad was a successful banker and I remember working in the summertime at this bank and I, you know, I would start as a teller and then I would work maybe in the marketing department and then I'd work in the loan department and, and that's the department my dad was in. And, and I, and I would watch my dad get up and go make copies, uh, something standing at the copy machine. I would watch him go get coffee and, you know, cause when, you know, when I was growing up, you'd see these shows like Wall Street and it was, you know, just a totally different thing or a different vibe than, than what you would you would see than what I saw from my dad and what I saw from other humble leaders from the people I got to grow up. I think of, 
J. Fred Parrish and Dan Marvin and, and these just unbelievably great guys that I got to uh, to be around and see from my childhood, they were humble leaders. They were um, nice. They treated people with respect. Uh, they weren't this, oh, I'm Mr. Big Shot. Go get me this coffee or, or go make me 20 copies of this. And and so I think that started is, look, you're never too big to go out and do your own thing. And so I think, um, you know, my belief is there, there's a lot of things. And if, you know, the Cates and Robins of the world are listening to this now, they know like, yeah, right. This guy, we do a lot for this guy and they do it, but it's grown to that. Right. And so I would never ask somebody to do something that I haven't done or be, or capable of doing myself. Right. And so yeah. that's that leveraging and, and building a great team of people around you, like you mentioned earlier, is the people around me allow me to do what I do every single day. And so, um, but I would say, so started that with people I grew up with. Um, I would, I would say from friends, I mean, I'm constantly talking about this stuff with people. I constantly read books. Um, you know, 10 pages a day is my thing. If you do that every single day, you're going to read around 24 business books, uh, mindset books a year. Uh, you do that over you know, right, four or five years, you're going to read hundred to 125 books. Therefore, if I read 125 books, Brian, and you read zero over the next four years, who wins? Right. It's a greater likelihood I may win, right? So I'm constantly putting in this battle of, of, of 10 pages a day. Um, it's it's podcast, um, anything. And I'm just, I'm constantly trying to get better every single day. What's, uh, if you could point to one book or a couple books that you have uh, have been very inspiring to you and your vision for where you're at today, what, what would you tell our listeners? Yeah, The Rhythm of Life uh, is a great book by Matthew Kelly. Uh, very, very inspiring book. And it just talks about getting in the rhythm of your life, right? What are the things that you want to do personally, professionally, financially, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, physically? You know, those seven uh, areas of your life. And I, and I take those very serious, right? Whether it's my health, whether it's trying to be a better dad, a better husband, a better leader, a better financial advisor, you know, have goals in those areas and, and, and surround those areas very, very tightly. And don't let a lot of things on your calendar that aren't going to help you move the needle in one of those areas. Um, so I'd say The Rhythm of Life by Matthew Kelly. Uh, another book was, it's very simple to read, but it's called The Energy Bus by John Gordon. Uh, you know, another one just came out, my good friend, John O'Leary, uh, In Awe. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. Um, but yeah, th- I would say those are probably the top three. Well, I know I, I, I appreciate you sharing those. I think it's uh, I'm also I, I do audio books more than I do uh, reading. I do a lot of driving being in the field that I'm in. And so uh, I think it's very important to be a student of leadership and to surround yourself with experts in the field um, and to gain the knowledge from them. You know, that's been one amazing thing about this podcast. I've been able to interview people who I think are very successful leaders in our community and learn from them. Um, and so I agree. You got to you got to continue to be a student of the, of the game. Right. You know, Michael, yeah. Michael Jordan didn't just go out and win six, you know, six rings. You know, he had he, right. he, he had to practice and and work very hard to get to that point. And it's the same thing when it comes to to being a leader in your, whatever, whatever that is. You can be a leader as a as a father or as an owner of a company. Um, but it, you got to you got to learn from some way. And I think reading is obviously a very big piece of that. Amen. Me, what do you when you when you think about you where you started your career at, what is one thing you wish you could have maybe changed in the beginning of your career that you know now? So if you look back in your career, you think, man, if I would have known that then, I would have done something differently. Can you point to one thing that maybe you wish you would have known known then? Um, I would point to two things, if that's okay. I know you said yeah. one, but I would, I'm going to give you two if that's okay. One is, is trust that everything will work out. 
I'm a, I'm a nervous, anxious person. You know, I can barely sit still, you know, um, but I think when I look back on a 20 year career and I look back at things that we've accomplished uh, with our team is it, it all works out. Right. And does that mean it's just a straight line to success? Absolutely not. There's a lot of bumps in the road, right. As you go. But I think sometimes we as human beings, we get so caught up in the, the now and the, the today and we get worried and we get anxious. And is that going to work or am I going to be successful or am I going to do this or am I going to do that? And that can become very overwhelming. And, and I had to, uh, I always say, slow down to speed up. And so whether that's time in, in journal, um, this little black journals, wherever I'm at, it's, it's with me. And, and so um, it's spending time with yourself and, and slowing down so you can speed up but just trusting that everything's gonna be okay. So that'd be number one. Number two, I would say um, I had to learn uh, hard work. Um, success comes through hard work. So my very first year as a, a financial advisor, right out of college, I, I, was, I, was a, I had a very, very successful first year in the business. Um, you know, I went from finding myself speaking and, and kind of like this new advisor of the year type thing to the next year, I'm not quite sure why I even stayed employed. Like, like why would they even keep a bum like me around? And so, but what happened was that first year, um, I thought a little bit of talent takes you a long way. But what I learned was a little bit of talent mixed with some hard work or lack of hard work, I should say, makes you fall flat on your face. So I had to learn the value of hard work. And a guy named, a guy's grandpa, Jeff Seberger's grandpa told me this. And he said, uh, Success only comes before diction. Uh, success only comes before uh, work in the dictionary, and so right. So I had to work. I had to work harder uh, in my day. I had to be more purposeful in my day. I had to get up every day and, and live uh, out the values that you know you have as a family and do those things. But at the end of the day, you got to pull up your work boots and, and tie them tight and go get to work and go get kicked in the teeth and do the things you may not want to do, but do them every single day. And when you do that, that's when you can start to become successful. Absolutely, I think um, you know the piece there, the work, work ethic. You got to have hard work ethic. You got to you got to put in the work every day. You don't just wake up one day and become the CEO of a multi million dollar company. You have to put in the work. You have to put become a student of the game, and, right. and you have you have to go along that journey to get to the point that you want to be. And I, you know, I hate to say this, but I think sometimes the gener- the younger generation thinks that you just you wake up and you, and you get to that point, um, not realizing the work that the leaders of our community have put in to get to where they are today. I think that's a very important re- yeah. thing we got to remember um, is it takes hard work and determination to get to become a successful leader. Yeah. And I think for me, it was getting the, getting that, having that terrible year, but also having a wife that was extremely supportive, but also challenging, right? If you think about the people that love you the most in your, in your life, are probably the ones that also challenge you the most in your life as well. And so for me, I was able to have a spouse that supported me, but challenged me and kind of helped me wake up to the fact of, gosh, you, you gotta, you gotta go out and work hard. And, and not everybody has that. Maybe not everybody has the family system or a spouse or reads the books and it takes a long time to figure it out. I think that comes with age, but you know, your question was what, if I could look back, I mean, that's, that's what I would say is, are those things right there? Absolutely. Well, I always end this podcast with uh, the same question, and it's really to give some advice to our listeners. And so for the people listening to this podcast, what is one piece of advice you would give them when it looks when it comes to being a successful leader? 
Um, and I would say the sort of leader is, I think sometimes we look at that word as, you know, my title is, is co-founder and CEO, and that would you know, put you in the leadership title world, right? But I think we're all leaders of our own life, whether you're a parent, you're a school teacher, you're a physician, whatever it is that you do, we're all leaders. So if I would answer it this way is I would, and I say this to my kids all the time is, is choice. It's, it's a word. I think it's a very powerful word, but is choice. Every, everything we do in life is a choice. And I can choose to be uh, a victor. I can choose to be a victim, right? And so I think uh, as a leader, I think that we have to take our mind and we have to apply the word choice to it is what I'm experiencing right now. Let's take the coronavirus, right? It's, it has been absolutely horrific for lots and lots of people, right? Yep. And from businesses being shut down to losing jobs, and I'm very, very conscious of that. But I think the people that are dealing with that, they have a choice, right? We have a choice to help our clients. You have a choice, right? And every single day when we wake up, and if you're like me, the alarm has to go off to get you up, I have a choice to make. And I can choose to get up and go do something about it, or I can choose to lay in my bed and feel sorry for myself, right? And I think as you're climbing the ranks, that happens a lot, right? Is that you don't you don't think about the choice. You think about everything that's coming at you, but it's really our choice of how we respond to that. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's um, it's very important because uh, as as you're climbing that ladder, so to speak, you have a choice in the direction you take and the attitude that you have every single day. And I think attitude's a big piece of that. And to your point. Um, just because you have a title doesn't mean you're not a leader. Uh, we're leaders in our household. We're leaders in our faith. We're leaders in a, a variety of different areas. Um, and you have the right. choice to be what kind of leader you want to be. So I think that's I think that's a very valuable piece of advice, and I appreciate that. Brett, on behalf of uh, STL Leaders and myself, I appreciate your time today. I want to thank our sponsors, Cornerstone Employer Solutions, NWOIT, and Inbound Blend Digital Marketing. Brett Gilliland with Visionary Wealth Advisors. I appreciate your time, sir. So it's great being with you, man. Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir.